This is the Bible in One Year, Day 344. How to Find Jesus The whole of the Bible is about Jesus. Martin Luther said, Scripture is the manger in which the Christ lies. As a parent goes to a cot to find their baby, so the Christian goes to the Bible to find Jesus. Don't inspect the cot and forget to worship the baby. In today's passages, we see how Jesus Christ is revealed, not only in the New Testament, in the book of Revelation, but also in the Old Testament, in Proverbs and Zechariah. Proverbs 30 The sayings of Agar, son of Jacob, an inspired utterance. This man's utterance to Ithiel. I am weary, God, but I can prevail. Surely I am only a brute, not a man. I do not have human understanding. I have not learned wisdom, nor have I attained to the knowledge of the Holy One. Who has gone up to heaven and come down? Whose hands have gathered up the wind? Who has wrapped up the waters in a cloak? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name, and what is the name of his son? Surely you know. Every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Do not add to his words, or he will rebuke you and prove you a liar. Two things I ask of you, Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise I may have too much and disown you and say, Who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. Do not slander a servant to their master, or they will curse you and you will pay for it. The name of Jesus. Is there any evidence for God? The skeptic swore, There is no God, no God. I can do anything I want. I see no evidence of a holy God. The skeptic goes on to ask five questions. Who's gone up to heaven and come down? Whose hands have gathered up the wind? Who has wrapped up the waters in a cloak? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is that person's name? And what is the name of that person's son? The New Testament reveals that the answer to each of these five questions is Jesus, 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 Jesus. It's Jesus who ascended on high. It's through Jesus that the whole world came into being. He is the name above every name. The evidence for God is found in Jesus. The New Testament reveals that the name of God is Jesus. The writer of Proverbs cares deeply about the name of his God. He asks for neither poverty nor riches. He fears that riches might make him disown the Lord, and poverty might make him steal and thereby dishonor the name of his God. I worship you, Jesus, the name above every name. I bow my knee before you. Be my shield today as I take refuge in you. May I never bring dishonor to your name. New Testament, Revelation 2 To the angel of the church in Ephesus, write, These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work, 
and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. But you have this in your favor. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. To the angel of the church in Smyrna, write, These are the words of him who is the first and the last, who died and came to life again. I know your afflictions and your poverty, yet you are rich. I know about the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you, and you will suffer persecution for ten days. Be faithful, even to the point of death, and I will give you life as your victor's crown. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who is victorious will not be hurt at all by the second death. To the angel of the church in Pergamum, write, These are the words of him who has the sharp double-edged sword. I know where you live, where Satan has his throne. Yet you remain true to my name. You did not renounce your faith in me, not even in the days of Antipas, my faithful witness who was put to death in your city, where Satan lives. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. There are some among you who hold to the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to entice the Israelites to sin so that they ate food sacrificed to idols and committed sexual immorality. Likewise, you also have those who hold to the teaching of the Nicolaitans. Repent, therefore, otherwise I will soon come to you and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give some of the hidden manna. I will also give that person a white stone with a new name written on it, known only to the one who receives it. The Words of Jesus These words of Jesus, the first and the last, who died and came to life again, to the seven churches, are hugely challenging. The risen, ascended, glorified Jesus reveals what kind of church he wants. First, don't lose your first love. Jesus is looking for a church that is famous, above all, for its love. Do you remember what you felt when you first encountered Jesus? Perhaps you experienced joy, peace, a new sense of meaning and purpose, and an excitement. Did you fall in love? Was there a honeymoon period? 
As life goes on, it's easy to lose your first love. Other things creep in. Work, the busyness of life, and even your ministry can lead you away from the passion of your first love. Jesus commends their service. I know your deeds, your hard work. But there have been times in my life when I've been working so hard for the kingdom that I've neglected the king. Jesus commends their patience in suffering and perseverance. You have endured hardship for my name. But there have been times when I've been so focused on my own problems and suffering that I've lost my enthusiasm. He commends the orthodoxy of their beliefs. They have not tolerated evil. But there have been times when I have been so concerned about orthodoxy that I've forgotten to love. Jesus challenges, You have forsaken your first love. These are haunting words. What are you to do if this has happened? First, Jesus urges you to remember your first love, to remember the height from which you've fallen. Never lose your first love, enthusiasm and excitement about Jesus. Second, repent and clean up your act. If you've slipped into complacency or compromise, you may need to get rid of the dross. As we read in Zechariah, I will refine them with silver and test them with gold. They will call on my name and I will answer them. I will say, they are my people. And they will say, the Lord is our God. If you are in a time of testing and trial in your life, God will use the heat of the fire to refine you. Third, return to doing the things you did when you first encountered Jesus. Do the things you did at first. Second, stand firm in the face of persecution. Pastor Nadakhani was imprisoned in Iran for no other reason than his faith in Jesus Christ. He was sentenced to death. As a result of international pressure, he was released and reunited with his family. I had the privilege of interviewing him at HDB. We were all inspired by his faithfulness and courage. Only two of the seven churches are not faulted by Jesus, Smyrna and Philadelphia. Smyrna is spiritually rich in spite of the persecutions and material poverty. I know your afflictions and your poverty, yet you are rich. Jesus' words to the church are not repent, as so often was the case with the other churches, but rather do not be afraid. Like the persecuted church today, they face prison, persecution, and even death. But God has set a limit for ten days and promises, I will give you the crown of life. Third, fight for the truth. The church in Pergamon was living in the most godless place on earth, where Satan has his throne. Yet Jesus says, You remain true to my name. They have not renounced their faith in Jesus, in spite of of persecution. Nevertheless, Jesus challenges them about holding to false teaching and committing sexual immorality. Truth matters. He calls them to repent and promises that if they overcome, he will give them food that feeds the soul, the hidden manna, and eternal security in Christ. Lord, may I never lose my first love for you. Help me to remember the height from which I've fallen and return to you. Thank you for the inspiring courage of the persecuted church in the face of great trial. Help me to hold to your truth in spite of our culture. Keep me faithful to you. Old Testament, Zechariah 12-14 to 14. 
A Prophecy The Word of the Lord Concerning Israel The Lord who stretches out the heavens, who lays the foundation of the earth, and who forms the human spirit within a person, declares, I am going to make Jerusalem a cup that sends all the surrounding peoples reeling. Judah will be besieged as well as Jerusalem. On that day, when all the nations of the earth are gathered against her, I will make Jerusalem an immovable rock for all the nations. All who try to move it will injure themselves. On that day, I will strike every horse with panic and its rider with madness, declares the Lord. I will keep a watchful eye over Judah, but I will blind all the horses of the nations. Then the clans of Judah will say in their hearts, The people of Jerusalem are strong, because the Lord Almighty is their God. On that day, I will make the clans of Judah like a brazier in a woodpile, like a flaming torch among sheaves. They will consume all the surrounding peoples right and left, but Jerusalem will remain intact in her place. The Lord will save the dwellings of Judah first, so that the honor of the house of David and of Jerusalem's inhabitants may not be greater than that of Judah. On that day, the Lord will shield those who live in Jerusalem, so that the feeblest among them will be like David, and the house of David will be like God, like the angel of the Lord going before them. On that day I will set out to destroy all the nations that attack Jerusalem. And I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and supplication. They will look on me, the one they have pierced, and they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only child, and grieve bitterly for him as one grieves for a firstborn son. On that day, the weeping in Jerusalem will be as great as the weeping of Hadad Rimon in the plain of Megiddo. The land will mourn each clan by itself, with their wives by themselves. The clan of the house of David and their wives, the clan of the house of Nathan and their wives, the clan of the house of Levi and their wives, the clan of Shimei and their wives, and all the rest of the clans and their wives. Zechariah chapter 13 On that day a fountain will be opened to the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to cleanse them from sin and impurity. On that day I will banish the names of the idols from the land and they will be remembered no more, declares the Lord Almighty. I will remove both the prophets and the spirit of impurity from the land. And if anyone still prophesies, their father and mother to whom they were born will say to them, You must die, because you have told lies in the Lord's name. Then their own parents will stab the one who prophesies. On that day every prophet will be ashamed of their prophetic vision. They will not put on a prophet's garment of hair in order to deceive. Each will say, I am not a prophet, I am a farmer. The land has been my livelihood since my youth. If someone asks, What are these wounds on your body? They will answer, The wounds I was given at the house of my friends. Awake, sword, against my shepherd, against the man who is close to me. 
declares the Lord Almighty. Strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered, and I will turn my hand against the little ones. In the whole land, declares the Lord, two-thirds will be struck down and perish, yet one-third will be left in it. The third I will put into the fire. I will refine them like silver and test them like gold. They will call of my name and I will answer them. I will say, They are my people. And they will say, The Lord is our God. Zechariah chapter 14 A day of the Lord is coming, Jerusalem, when your possessions will be plundered and divided up within your very walls. I will gather all the nations to Jerusalem to fight against it. The city will be captured, the houses ransacked, and the women raped. Half of the city will go into exile, but the rest of the people will not be taken from the city. Then the Lord will go out and fight against those nations as he fights on a day of battle. On that day his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives east of Jerusalem, and the Mount of Olives will be split in two from east to west, forming a great valley with half of the mountain moving north and half moving south. You will flee by my mountain valley, for it will extend to Azel. You will flee as you fled from the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. Then the Lord my God will come, and all the holy ones with him. On that day there will be neither sunlight nor cold, frosty darkness. It will be a unique day, a day known only to the Lord, with no distinction between day and night. When evening comes, there will be light. On that day, living water will flow out from Jerusalem, half of it east to the Dead Sea, and half of it west to the Mediterranean Sea, in summer and in winter. The Lord will be king over the whole earth. On that day, there will be one Lord, and his name, the only name. The whole land, from Jeba to Rimon, south of Jerusalem, will become like the Arabah. But Jerusalem will be raised up high from the Benjamin gate to the site of the first gate, to the corner gate, and from the tower of Hananel to the royal winepresses and will remain in its place. It will be inhabited, never again will it be destroyed. Jerusalem will be secure. This is the plague with which the Lord will strike all the nations that fought against Jerusalem. Their flesh will rot while they are standing on their feet, their eyes will rot in their sockets, and their tongues will rot in their mouths. On that day, people will be stricken by the Lord with great panic. They will seize each other by the hand and attack one another. Judah, too, will fight at Jerusalem. The wealth of all the surrounding nations will be collected, great quantities of gold and silver and clothing. A similar plague will strike the horses and mules, the camels and donkeys, and all the animals in those camps. Then the survivors from all the nations that have attacked Jerusalem will go up year after year to worship the King, the Lord Almighty, and to celebrate the Festival of Tabernacles. If any of the peoples of the earth do not go up to Jerusalem to worship the King, the Lord Almighty, they will have no rain. If the Egyptian people do not go up and take part, they will have no rain. 
The Lord will bring on them the plague he inflicts on the nations that do not go up to celebrate the festival of tabernacles. This will be the punishment of Egypt and the punishment of all the nations that do not go up to celebrate the festival of tabernacles. On that day, holy to the Lord will be inscribed on the bells of the horses, and the cooking pots in the Lord's house will be like sacred bowls in front of the altar. Every pot in Jerusalem and Judah will be holy to the Lord Almighty, and all who come to sacrifice will take some of the pots and cook in them. And on that day there will no longer be a Canaanite in the house of the Lord Almighty. The Grace of Jesus God promises His people, I will pour out a spirit of grace and supplication. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of grace and supplication. He pours into your heart God's grace, His undeserved love for us, and helps you to pray. The Holy Spirit is at work in your thoughts, prompting you to pray for people and situations. How is all this possible? Zechariah continues. They will look on me, the one they have pierced. Who is the one they pierced? The Apostle John gives us the answer. One of their soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear. These things happened so that the scripture would be fulfilled. They will look on the one they have pierced. What is the result? On that day, a fountain will be opened to the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to cleanse them from sin and impurity. This is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Through his death, through his being pierced for you, he made it possible for you to be cleansed from every sin and all impurity. Jesus seemed to have this passage in mind when he was thinking about his own death. He quoted Zechariah 13.7 when predicting that upon his arrest the disciples would desert him. Strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. The words of Zechariah 14 can be seen as looking forward to the life, death and resurrection of Jesus and also to his return. Jesus is the one whose feet would stand on the Mount of Olives. Jesus is the one who would go out and fight against the nations in the day of battle. Jesus is the one out of whom the living water would flow. Jesus is the one who will be worshipped as king. Jesus is the one who makes it possible for holy to the Lord to be inscribed on everything. Jesus abolishes the distinction between the secular and the sacred. The cooking pots were the most common household vessels, yet they too had the words, holy to the Lord inscribed on them. Lord, thank you that you promised to pour out a spirit of grace and supplication on me. Thank you that you opened a fountain to cleanse me from sin and impurity. Cleanse me today and fill me again with your Holy Spirit. Help me to love with all the enthusiasm of my first love for Jesus and to bring honor to the name of Jesus. Pippa adds, Revelation chapter 2 is written to the church in Ephesus in Smyrna in Pergamon. I wonder what Jesus would say about our church. Maybe the things we think we do rather well, he wouldn't be at all impressed with. He would probably be pleased with the small, unseen acts of faith that we don't particularly notice.